But make sure you don't delete that recording. We'll save it. We'll use it. You guys are seeing the editing process happen live. Give it up for Detroit Strange, everybody. Woo, Detroit Strange. The first time we've done this tonight. Yes, original. Hey there, kids. Hey, how's it going? I, you look a little different today. You know, today I'm Spooky Cheryl. Oh, hi, Spooky Cheryl. I won't do this voice for much longer. I just, you know, I like doing it. Yeah. The best. I mean, you look really good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what, about, what about me? You look great, Jess. Oh. Are, are oh. we Spooky Ooky Ouija? Oh, this whole thing. Yes, yes. Yes. I'm Spooky Ouija. Spooky Ouija. Yes, I've got fortunes for everybody if they want one. Ooh. Yes. We got a giveaway. Yes, we'll do some fortune telling later. Uh, and I won't talk like that uh, past that. Uh, <laughs> I will, but after the show, you'll see me in the bar afterwards. Like, hey, kids, what you doing? You want a drink? What you doing? And yeah. then also today with us, we have our guest, producer Patty. Hey there. Hi. Woo, producer Patty. So she helps us out a lot. We love her. Help is a, is a loose term. I mostly just drink and get to listen and talk about cool stuff. So it's a good gig. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so how, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. I'm glad to hear that. Me too. I'm a little bit of a hot mess, but me too. Same. Okay. But what are we drinking? What do you think it is? Uh, it appears to be a beverage. It, oh, wow. Yeah, good job. So this right here is from the Ghost Light Bar next door to where we're recording today. And it is called the Cardinal. And Ooh. it is hibiscus infused gin. Yes. With some elderflower liquor. Ooh. And some simple syrup, wow. some soda, and some fresh citrus. It's delightful. You know, it's just like me, a goddamn delight. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> so true. So we're going to do things a little different today. We are going to do a Halloween-focused episode because we love Halloween, but it's going to be following up on some stuff we've talked about before. So, Alex, do you have any stories? I've got so many stories. It's about to get spooky. Ooh. So. You've been warned. It's going to get real spooky, guys. Um, so you guys know that thing called Halloween, right? Justin, cue slide one. So spooky. Um, it will come it'll up. come up eventually. But so what you probably don't know is a festival called, wait, have you heard of Samhain? When you talked about it and a few other times, but I don't know much about it. Well, Samhain, a lot of the Halloween traditions come from it. Ooh, tell me more. Yes. So, Samhain is a Gaelic festival celebrated by the Irish from prehistoric times up until the 17th century. Uh, it's the only holiday still recognized by Enya. So, uh, once we get the slides going, I do have some pictures of Enya celebrating Samhain. Oh, I hope to see that. Yeah. Um, so once that happens, but anyway, so oh, there we go. There There's we go. Here. So that's Anya. The next slide shows Anya celebrating Sam Hain. It's what the bangs are hiding. <laughs> Sam Hain. Did you see Anya with Sam Hain? Oh, oh wow, she changed. <laughs> she did. Oh wow, she's she is celebratory. That's why we don't see her anymore. She made some poor life choices. Aww. That's a face tat. That's real. Miss her. Listeners, you will see this eventually on our Instagram. <laughs> but anyway, so Samhain marked the end of the harvest season and the start of the darker half of the year, because you know winter. And so Samhain is actually considered the pagan Easter, because it's kind of like, you know, it, it's kind of like a pagan New Year, which is like Easter is kind of the New Year for Christians. Um, 
I think that's like the new candle. That's all I remember from Catechism. <laughs> There's like a new candle, new way of guilt. So. Okay. Yep. Yep. Catholicism, everybody. New. <laughs> yes, new. So I guess every seven years on Samhain, there would be the Feast of Tara or Tara. I just want to say, I love that seven is such a spooky number. Like, it really nobody is. really knows why, but it is. And I love the number seven. It's, we learn about this in catechism too. Oh, there's number a Number seven, reason? candles, guilt. That's what you learn. Seven candles, guilt. Okay. Yes. I, I mean, I wasn't Catholic, so I, I didn't go. Uh, if you're really interested, I've got lots of books. I think I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'll throw them at you. Like a good oh, no. Christian. Uh, so every seven years, they had the Feast of Tara, and they would ma- they would make new laws and like new duties. They you could I guess hire new servants this time, and councils were formed. It was kind of like you know how every election cycle, every four years, we get like a new wave of like everything. Mm-hmm. It was Bullshit. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so this was their new wave of bullshit era. Okay. Um, and those who broke the laws were banished <gasps> on Samhain. Oh, that is harsh. Yeah. Because, like, imagine being banished back in, like, prehistoric times. Like, you had to leave, like, the village. Like, you literally just go out in the woods and, like... Hang out with bears. Yeah. Ooh. Like... <laughs> no, thank you. No. But on the flip side, so there is a spring festival called Bealtine. 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 Yep. Deborah D. Beetlejuice. Yes. <laughs> and it marks the opposite. So Samhain is the festival of the dead... Bealtine is the festival of living. And uh, both, you know, similarities they had, they both had bonfires that were used for cleaning or cleansing and protection. So like I said, that two truths and a lie, they would have bonfires, maybe sacrifice a calf or something. Just, you know, daily, yeah. everyday stuff. You know, they wanted yeah. to make it through the winter and that's yeah. the only way they could do that. And uh, so Sam Hain, this is where it gets spooky. It was seen as a time when the boundary between this world and the next could be more easily crossed. Ooh. Ooh. And... They thought there are these things called uh, AOC. Uh, AOC. <laughs> and they're like spirits or fairies. They could more easily come to the world because it was uh, the thinnest time for that veil. And according to Irish mythology, the Siddha portals to the other world were always open on Samhain. And like in Irish mythology, which I didn't know was a thing until I started researching this, like, you know, Greek, Norse. Roman mythology, but Irish mythology? Well, yeah, because it's like Celtic, Celtic stuff, right? I guess that makes sense. I say both because I've heard it pronounced both ways, and I'm not going to have any baseball. debates with anybody. Celt- Celtics is a sports team. I know. And but Celtics is the real thing. I know. I know. I just had this conversation with my mom today, actually. <laughs> Shout out to Debbie. Anyway. Yeah. So just to get into some of the Irish mythology, uh, there is the High King of Ireland, which I hope that means he was praising and blazing. Oh, God, that was almost bad. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a High King of Ireland. He would gather at the Hill of Tara each year, and each year, Aileen? It looks like Aileen, which just makes you think of that. That's probably Oh, I was thinking the other one. Oh, no, that's not a bop. That's not a bop. <laughs> that's because you're cool and I'm lame. I'm like Dex's Midnight something. That's not really like the cutting edge of cool. <laughs> Neither of us are cool, Jess. Let's just accept this fact and move on. 
So this fire-breathing, heart-playing figure in Irish mythology would lull people to sleep with his music and then burn down the Palace of Tara every year. That's a lot of work every year. Right. You think they just move it, you know? But <laughs> Yeah. Um, there is some guy named Fionn Mac Come Hail. Yes. Come Hail! <laughs> Watching a little bit too much Pose lately. <laughs> he was a mythological warrior who was able to stay awake and slay Aelin. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah he slay did all, all day. <laughs> yeah, slay all day. He did slay all day because he slayed a couple things in Irish mythology. There's basically just like a lot Good of stories of this guy just like he would put everyone else to sleep. Like there's some crazy thing putting people to sleep or doing something and he'd be like the one to resist it and just like stab it to death and so, everyone loved him. So he was not laying, he was slaying because yes. he didn't sleep. That's my joke. Do you follow um, <laughs> Megan Amram on Twitter? I do not because I don't know who that is. She's a writer, but like... It, Slain always reminds me because she's like, I want to create a plus size coffin business called either Slain Bryant or Layin Bryant. <laughs> I support that. <laughs> yeah. She's great. Shout out to Megan Amram. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> For sure. So like I said, he was kind of just like, Fionn, he slays some other mythology creatures and he's one day he's shoving them back through the portal, like stay over there and his thumb gets caught. And like since it, his thumb gets thought, caught in the other world, and because of that, he's like gets the knowledge of the other world. He just like downloads it through his thumb. I mean, I get my coat caught in the car door sometimes, but nothing. Do you feel like a Prius happen. sometimes? No. Okay. <laughs> Damn, you don't even have a Prius. I don't know why I said that. No, but I mean, if I would like one, that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Same, dude. But so that's like people kind of saw this mythology thing of like he got the knowledge of like kind of getting the knowledge from the ancestors, as uh -huh. we all do, because we can't rely on textbooks. No. Yeah. Um, Check your sources. I mean, I did this all from Wikipedia. No, so I meant, <laughs> I meant don't trust everything you read. <laughs> I literally did that when I wrote the story. I trusted <laughs> Wikipedia and Wikipedia only. Uh -huh. But so these spirits, the AOC, AOC. Yes, I downloaded all this information on my thumb. I learned about the AOC. And so like the AOC, like the spirits I talked about, they were thought of as like remnants of the pagan gods or the nature spirits. And they needed to be appeased or pleased so people and their livestock would make it through winter. So like, again, Samhain, they're trying to just make it through winter. This whole festival is about. So Winter is hard. Yeah. Like imagine like being in winter when you're living in like some stone hut in Ireland. Sounds terrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sounds cool. No wonder they drink so much. Although, liquor jacket. Well, yeah. 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 So, to appease these spirits, they would leave offerings of food or drink outside the house for them. And uh, I wrote, like every other holiday, relatives come out of the woodwork to come visit you. Because these spirits were like the, you know, the deceased family, whatever, sometimes. So, you'd yeah. expect this time of year the dead ones would come in and like the feast were there to welcome them. And so people would dress Sounds up. Sounds a lot like Day of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a very similar to Day of the Dead. Well, not really, but kind of. That's similar to Day of yeah. the Dead. But so people would dress up to try and blend in with the spirits because they thought if they looked spooky, spooky things wouldn't touch them. Oh, you mean in costumes? Yes. Ooh. Like in Halloween. <laughs> That's yes. where that tradition comes from. Awesome. Yeah. And so these people that were dressed up would then go door to door to try and get this food because mm -hmm. they're pretending to be spirits and they would recite verses in exchange for food. Oh. A little bit like trick-or-treating. Trick yeah. 
And so that's basically the basis of modern Halloween. Nice. So like this holiday, like I said, it was uh, celebrated from like antiquity until like the 1700s, but like it kind of got overshadowed, uh, overshadowed, overshadowed by um, All Hallows Eve. You heard of that one? Yes. Uh, so I wrote OFC, which stands for a, a freaking course. There you go, mom. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Christians had to come in and move one of their holidays in to snuff it out. You know, because they do that a lot. Yeah, I mean, appropriation. Yeah. yeah. So All Saints or All Hallows Eve was originally on May 13th. Oh, that that is a very different time of year. Yeah, and so then like Louis, Louis the Pious, sure, Louis the Pious yeah. in 18, or no, Love him. 835, no, 18, 835 was like, we're going to move this to May 1st. Fuck with them pagans. That's weird. Yeah, and so that's how... It, like thirty October thirty first became All Hallows Eve. Weird. Yeah. And so there's some people now trying to bring it back. Like uh, Celtic neo pagans, Wiccan, and Enya still celebrate some version of Samhain. A lot of the Celtic New Year and um yeah, so it's kind of called. Oh, I got a quote. Full Halloween customs associated with new beginnings. It's kind of their sales pitch to bring back Samhain. And I'll do it. yeah, I'm in. That's kind of, and like also, like you touched on Stingy Jack before, but kind of just like, I read the whole thing and I'm like, so basically, like this guy asked the devil, like, hey, can you turn to coins so I can pay for my beer? And the devil's like, yeah, sure, why not? And then, like, the guy put him in his pocket with the rosary and kept him captive for a long time. And then I know somehow, like, Stingy Jack ended up in a tree and the devil was like trying to get him. Oh. And basically, the story ends with Stingy Jack being turned into an ember and put in a turnip, which is how we got jack-o'-lanterns. Oh, yeah, because they used to carve turnips. Yeah, instead of, they turned up with turnips. Yeah, you know? but they were little, and they were like, this is stupid. Let's do pumpkins instead. Yeah. But yeah, so that's uh, nice. my Sam Hain story. Yeah, I A knew very none brief of that. overview. I like that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's plenty out there about it, but... There was so much Irish mythology, yeah. and I'm like, I'll take a couple, but I'm not... I don't need to know every person who killed a spirit on the border of... <laughs> The lambs. There, and there. Cat, there's like a cat cave. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I at one point I just got to skimming the mythology. So that's fair. No, I mean there's a lot there. Yeah. No, that's good. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. So real quick, got a question for you too. Ooh, yeah. Just because like a lot of these like Halloween, like Halloween, Samhain, Day of the Dead are all about talking to dead people. Well, kind of. Yeah, I mean communication Ish. and communication with, with yeah. the spirits. So. The question for you is, who would you want to communicate with and why? Oh, my god! I'll give you a minute to think because I've got wow. mine ready. I'm putting Daddy the on the spot first because yeah, I want to think. Get it over real quick. If you need a minute, I can stall with mine. Oh, yeah. Okay. You go first. Okay. Think about this. So, my joke answer is to pick Jimmy Hoffa for you so we could finally figure out what the hell happened to him. And since nobody will email us at DetroitStrange at gmail.com with the answer. <laughs> and so, like, my real answers, though, would have to be... Um, like some deceased gay icons slash historical figures. Like uh, the first one would be Alan Turing. Justin, can you slide? This guy. Oh, he handsome. Yeah, he, he looker. He like effectively ended World War II. He by cracking the name of code. He invented the modern computer and AI testing. Oh. And then he was driven mad by the British government because they tried to chemically castrate him. And then he killed himself. So he pretty and he's smart. Oh, and he's sad. Yeah. Oh, it was real sad. His favorite movie was Snow White, and he killed himself by dipping an apple inside, I'd biting into it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and he dramatic. Yeah, Whoa, poetic. That yeah, that's scary. I know. I had to read a book. Yeah. Oh 
my gosh. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. So the next one, <laughs> Christopher Isherwood. He was a gay author, and I mainly just want to talk to him to ask him what pre-war Berlin was like, because I heard it was crazy. And he wrote a bunch of books about it. Okay. Yeah. Just curiosity then. Yeah. I and the next that. one. Oh, geez. You Freddie Mercury and Princess Diana. <laughs> I want to hear about the time that he snuck Princess Di and dragged to a leather bar. Oh, that would be a good story, I'm sure. Yeah. So those are my answers. Are you ready for yours? Um, yeah. I think Henry VIII would be kind of cool to talk to, but I would want like assurance that I wouldn't be murdered. Like a steel collar. Married, murdered, or married, then murdered. Or any combination of those things, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes that that makes total sense. Um, this is a really hard one. I'm gonna come up with one off the top of my head. I'm gonna say Theta Barra. Yes. Who I don't is know. She? She's different. She is different. Um, so she was a f- silent film star. I recently read a lot about her because I was on um discount time travel playing her, which was an upcoming podcast on Planet and Podcast Network. Check so, it out. Mm, plug. Um, <laughs> and, but I read about her and she was really interesting. She was a silent film star. So like one of the original silent film stars. And she basically, the word vamp, have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Okay. So she's the reason that word exists. So she was in these films. She wore like really dark makeup and like uh, really dark lipstick. And she would just kind of be really, really sexy, but like she would own own it. Yeah, and she was equated to basically like a vampire. Ooh. She played like I don't know, it was like fifty movies or something. It was something ridiculous in like a very short amount of time, just doing like the same character. And then she got kind of sick of it, but she was in these weird contracts. And then she basically told the studios to go f themselves, and kind of just went into like a normal life for the rest of her life. Because she, I mean, she tried to do a couple other roles and stuff. She did like one comedy. But she really, for the like 20s, 30s, like she really kind of owned sexuality. And it, it was a very like positive move forward for it. It's like a spooky Mae West. Kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. Here for that. But she was very interesting. And yeah. I, I enjoyed reading about her. It was not much information out there. There is a book, though. I kind of want to read it now. So I support books. Yeah, yeah it's cool. The fires, the studio. Yes, there was a bunch. So she was in um, her big movie was uh, Cleopatra, and like it was like getting all this acclaim and stuff. And then there was a studio fire, and everything was being shot in New Jersey at that time. And so everything was on reels in like in vaults because that's how yeah. the film was. And there was a big studio fire, and most of her movies were lost, including oh, that, that one. Sucks. Yeah. So only the people who saw it saw it. Yeah. There's like clips available because you know some of it was salvaged, but not much. Too sexy. She was too sexy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too sexy for the film. Too sexy for the film. So they burned it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, good job. That was fun. Thank you. Do you want to hear another story? I sure would, as long as it's spooky. Oh, it's spooky. Let's go to the next slide. Um, so I'm going to follow up a little bit on some stuff I talked about in the episode where I talked about Houdini. So real quick, brief synopsis of that. He died in Detroit on October 31st, spooky day. Uh, he was both a believer and a skeptic of spiritualism, and he spent most of his life trying to debunk or prove the existence of the ability to communicate with the dead. And he promised his wife Bess when he died, if he could, he would communicate with her. For the next 10 years, she held yearly seances to try to contact him to no avail. Uh, throughout the world, Houdini seances are held on Halloween every year still. 
And there's an official one in Danvers, Massachusetts. So it's still kind of a big thing. Uh, so I'm going to go a little bit into seances for my topic. Let's go to the next slide. There's an ooky spooky seance Ooh, for y'all. A lot of hands. It is a lot of hands. are very important in a seance. Pale ass people with their hands at that table. <laughs> well, you know, uh, so a seance, I think most people know, but it's a, um, an attempt to communicate with spirits. It is derived from the French word session, and they went up in popularity with the founding of spiritualism as a religion in the mid-19th century. Uh, Mary Todd Lincoln was even known to have uh, many seances, actually, as their son had passed away and she was trying to contact him. Lincoln would sit in with them a lot during these seances, uh, and it was actually kind of a really normal thing. It wasn't like yeah. it is now. Like It was kind of semi-common. It's like parlor games, like almost like, hey, well, instead of Monopoly, let's just seance. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, this is a different time, obviously. Yeah. Entertainment's a lot different now. And also, the life expectancy was very different back then. So people were only living into like their 50s um, when it, the seances kind of first started becoming popular. Mm. And with that, you know, they had a lot of deceased relatives. So yeah. why not try to talk to them? It kind of makes a lot of sense when you think Make about sure it. They don't have TV or radio. Why not? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go about doing them. There's four different basic types. There's the religious type, uh, which is actually those practicing it prefer to call it receiving messages. They have ceremonies that generally take place in a well-lit church or outdoor in a spiritualist camp setting. Oftentimes the public is welcome to attend and healing ceremony will take place afterwards. So that's a little different than when I think of seance. Yeah. Yeah. Again, though, it is a receiving. It's rebranding. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's another one, stage mediumship, and that's where somebody gets on a stage and does the seance by themselves in front of a crowd of people, uh, much like all those you know, shows and stuff that do that kind of stuff. I couldn't oh, yeah. remember any of the names of those shows. Does anyone have a paralogy that starts with A? Yes, exactly. Getting an A? There's uh, spiritualist seances, and that's generally where people sit in a circle while a medium tries to contact the dead. That reminded me of Beetlejuice. Yes. Uh, and then there's informal. Anyone want to have a slumber party? That's the informal seance. Like just a dinner party or like? No, like a slumber a party. Seance. Like you get out the Ouija oh, board oh. and then you get out the planchet and then you ask all the questions and then you braid each other's hair. You know what be a good spooky drag queen name? A what? Kate, Blanch or P Kate Planchet. Ooh, I do like that. Um, which actually brings me to my next topic, <gasps> which is the Ouija board. I found this uh, sucker in my parents' closet from like the 1970s. That is real wood. -like it is a material. real wood Ouija Ouija because both are acceptable. By the way, it even says it on the back of the box. You can see it however you want, just like Celtic. Celtic. That was questionable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also referred to as a talking board, and it's usually made of wood or something like that. Oftentimes nowadays, it's actually made of plastic. So it's changed a little bit. Um, they have them at five below. Yeah, they have them. A they've well, I'll get to it. They've gained yeah. popularity again. Hasbro owns them, right? Sorry. Yeah, you know, we'll get to we'll get. Sorry, to, sorry, slow, sorry. Slow your roll, slow your roll, sir. Slow your roll. I'm sorry. Cheryl. I'm just excited about all this spooky stuff. Let's actually go to the next slide. <laughs> so those are just peeps having a seance. I liked it. Do they have ghost peeps? Uh, yeah, they do. Love Believe that. me, my, my dad is a peep enthusiast and it, the marshmallow kind, not the nasty gross Your dad's kind. a peeping Tom. 
Um, so <laughs> like, oh, we can go to the next slide. And it's also referred to as, I did it, there we go. So that's actually one of the first ones. And the first advertisement is 1891 in Pittsburgh. So even the as advertisements for them go back a lot. Mm -hmm. And the spiritualism movement hit America pretty hard in 1848. And that was because of two girls called the Fox Sisters in New York. They claimed to receive messages from spirits who would tap on their walls. Like they would say a letter and then it would tap and they'd spell out sentences. Huh. Yes. So again, a lot of people were really into this because like I said, you know, lifespans were a little shorter and there wasn't as much uh, easily accessible entertainment. Yeah, those so, damn cell phones that kids are always on these days, know, yeah. their Instagram, their Snapchats, I don't know. So a lot of people started trying to do this too, but it became very tedious to just say a letter and wait for taps on a wall because the alphabet's long. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. It's, it's like kind of long. characters. Yeah. Uh, so it was reported in 1886 that a new phenomenon called the talking board was taking over in Ohio. Of Let's, course. Of course. Ohio. Mm. Let's go to the next slide. So, oops, I skipped ahead, but we will get to that. Uh, so there was this guy named Charles Kennard, a businessman in Baltimore, and he caught wind of this and put together a team to mass produce them. So this is the first time they're actually being made like this. Mm -hmm. uh, when it came to naming it, though, a lot of people thought it was the French and German word for yes, including me when I said that in the episode. Uh, it's not. However, the one of the guy's sisters was believed to be a strong medium, so they asked her to name it. And she said that the name that came to her was Ouija. What did she do? Have boggle dice? That, it just came over her head, actually, is how the story went. Okay, okay. And when they asked the board what it meant, it replied, good luck. Okay. <laughs> Uh, in order to get the patent, though, they had to prove that the board worked. So they went to the patent office, <laughs> and yeah, I know. And the officer wouldn't Love give this. him their name, his name, because he wanted to test it. So the two of the guys who were helping produce this went with him, and they somehow got the planchet to accurately spell his name. What form did they look at before this? They just catch a badge number. Well, like? however, Bond, one of the two men, was a patent attorney and might have previously been aware of this man's name. Yeah, there yeah. we go. But the patent went through. That's good. Ouija boards for all. It became very popular and normal for anyone to use one in the early 1900s. And Norman Rockwell even painted a painting, the one you're seeing behind me right now, for the Saturday Evening Post. So it was like a really, really common thing to just sit around and play with the Ouija board. Popularity continued to grow. It was a really cheap DIY method for people to contact the dead. <laughs> um, cheap DIY. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. I'm going to show you a quick DIY trick about how to talk to the dead. Ouija. Ouija. <laughs> or Ouija. Um, so even through the Great Depression and World War II, popularity continued to grow. Over the five months in 1944, a New York store, so this is just a store sales, sold over 50,000 boards. Holy shit. Yeah. By 1951, it was comfortably part of the popular culture. As I, an I Love Lucy episode featured Ethel and Lucy playing with the device during a seance of their own. I need to watch that. I love I Love Lucy. Yeah. So in 1966, the Parker Brothers, which I think combined with Hasbro later. Yeah. Yeah. Bought the Ouija. And in 1967, two million boards were sold outselling Monopoly. Shade. <laughs> Monopoly is a great game. I love Monopoly. Same. Always play the dog. Throughout its life, Ouija has been used by many people in many different ways. In 1916, Pearl Curran made headlines when she began writing poetry of what was dictated to her via the board. And in 1917, her friend, Emily Grant Hutchings, 
claimed her book, Jap Heron, I don't know what that's about, and I'm a little worried based on the name, was dictated to her through the board as well via Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain. How long would it take to get a book out of a Ouija board? A long ass time. Uh, (laughs) Um, Space period, (laughs) comma. In 1920, a wire service reported that would-be crime solvers returning to the board, much to the chagrin of the police, to try and solve the mysterious murder of New York City gambler Joseph Burton Elwell. 1921, the New York Times reported a Chicago woman, oh, this one's good, said she wasn't suffering from mania because the spirits told her through the board to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying it in the backyard. Is it not customary? Um, I mean, not in my family. I don't know what y'all do. We just, you know, leave them in the front yard for a week. Uh, Well, there you go. In 1958, a Connecticut court decided not to honor the Ouija board will, where a woman (laughs) named Helen Dow Peck left $1,000 to her two former servants and $152,000 to John Gale Forbes, a lucky and bodiless spirit who had talked to her via the board. She left $152,000 to a spirit? To another dead person, yes. Yes, he is going to go on a shopping spree. Um, what do you think goes by? I'm Probably a sheet. Keep it classy so people can recognize them for their true form. Yes. That makes sense, yeah. Probably, probably like a Stanton like one. Marcus. I yes. feel like go shop at Neiman Marcus. Or Nordstrom. Yep. I feel like Nordstrom for some reason. That was my second. <laughs> I, I was thinking Nordstrom, but said Neiman Marcus. There you go. Ouija. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, 1982, James Merrill wrote a Ouija dictated poem called The Changing Light at Sandover, and it won a National Book Critic Award. So, yeah. So, if you need to write, find the Ouija. Uh, Make nin- sure you have 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> In 1973, though, outlooks changed a little bit when a little movie called The Exorcist was in theaters. Ooh. So, if you don't remember the beginning of that movie, like I I've didn't. I've never seen it. It, you need to see that movie yeah. just because everyone should see it. It's yeah. terrifying and gross, but you see it. Reagan, the main character, her she gets possessed, uh-huh. but it started with her playing with what? Magic a Ouija board. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. That, makes that makes more sense. Yeah, you go. Uh, and then some demons contacted her and they took over and da-da-da. Uh, this was the turning point for people's perceptions of the board itself. Um, we can go to the next slide. So it suddenly took on... <laughs> A darker twist. For those of you at home, I have a slide of some dogs playing Ouija, and it says one of the bark arts. I love puns. These will be up on our Instagram soon because that is too adorable not to. (laughs) So religious groups began to denounce it around this time, and they said that it was Satan's preferred method of communication. By 2001, it was even being burned in bonfires by groups alongside copies of Harry Potter, (laughs) the devil's book, and Disney's Snow White, the devil's movie. For some reason. Really? Snow White? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Apparently. That's the second Snow White reference in this episode alone. I was thinking that when you said it earlier. I was like, ooh, connection. Spooky. It's the Ouija. So nowadays, even paranormal communities kind of think it's spooky or dangerous. I don't know if you've ever seen Ghost Adventures. It's one of my favorite shows. It's, they're awful and I, I love it. I haven't, but you've told me about it and I want um, to. Sometimes they use a Ouija board and they freak out. It's hilarious. Uh, however, in recent years, though, it started gaining popularity again. It's featured in many TV shows and movies, kind of in a more fun way sometimes. Usually, like, a silly thing happens, like the table shakes. Uh, there's also lots of clothing and things, and there is over 10,000 things you can find on Etsy with a Ouija pattern. Let's go to the next slide, because <laughs> I actually looked that up. 
I've seen beach towels before. I'm like, who the fuck is reading a beach towel at the, like, the beach? Lovely day at the beach. Let's have a seance. There is like, underwear. There is underwear with a Ouija board pattern. I don't know. If I was hanging out with somebody and we got down to the underwear stage and I saw a Ouija pattern across everything, I would be a little skeptical. Well, I'd grab my planchette and Steven said yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> and then said, no, goodbye. <laughs> So there's skeptics of the Ouija board, obviously. Uh, a lot of psycho, psycho oh, that's a word. Psychological studies leave scientists to believe that the boards work off of the ideometer effect. So this is basically, it goes into the non-conscious because there's all these different types of consciousness. And the non-conscious is like when we blink our eyes. So it's we just like you're doing now. Yeah. So now there, it's just the stuff that we just naturally do. So sometimes like our bodies react, but we don't know they're reacting to things around us. And this is based off of a British 1852 study by physiologist William Benjamin Carpenter. And he started studying automatic muscle movements. So recently, though, this is kind of cool. At the University of British Columbia's visual um, something lab, I mistyped. Yeah, sure. There, <laughs> there was a study of the non-conscious where participants who had never used a board before and weren't really aware how to use it were asked concrete questions like when were the where were the Olympics of 1984? Like stuff that some people might know, but you might not know. Los Angeles. Because uh, American Horror Story. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> good call. <Yeah. laughs> that was my non-conscious asking that question because I knew you'd know. Now I don't know. Yes. Um, and so they would ask these questions and they would fill them out on a piece of paper first. And about 50, they would get about 50%. And that's normal for people guessing on things to get about 50%. Yeah. So then they were told that their partner was a robot in another room and would be mimicking the motions of another person. So the robot took to a second person and they're going to play a Ouija with the robot. Okay. They'd sit down to play it. The planchette would move yes, no, yes, no for the questions. That 50, and, but the robot was actually mimicking their movements, just making them greater. Yeah. And that went up to 65% correct answers. Huh. Which just to me says our brains hold so much more than we know they hold and there's just like weird accesses to information that we can't even like bring to our conscious and then they did it again but with an actual human in the room and they would blindfold the participant and then the other human would actually take their hands off the planchette but the whole time the participant would keep them on and a lot of times they were complaining that the other person was moving it even though the other person's hands weren't on it at all anymore and that 65 percent still hold true held true yeah so a little interesting. Yeah. And then there are many, many tales about uses of the Ouija board uh, of the ooky spooky variety. And I kind of condensed them just into some basic things that I came across. All of these were from, these are great sources, cosmopolitan.com and Reader's How Digest. How to blow your dude's mind by using a Ouija board to suck his dick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so there's tales of the planchet drawing an X and then moving in rapid circles rather than answering the questions. And they are often followed by people having feelings of being watched or touched. I don't like that one. No. Stories of receiving messages, mysterious messages saying, I see you. And they're often followed by seeing uh, something like a black cat or some sort of shadow figure. Um, And one talked about the electricity going out right after that. That would scare the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, Often stories tell of using a board and then experiencing a lot of medical complications. I read, yeah, (laughs) like big ones too, where you have to go into surgery and all that jazz. 
I used a Ouija board one time and they had to take a kidney. Yeah. Well, one of them talked about she had to get a hysterectomy like a month later. Damn. Yeah. I read. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, I read one where a group was playing in a dorm room when a skeptic started getting angry and calling bullshit. Then the dorm's alarms went off, so they had to go outside. When they returned, the board was missing. Oftentimes, people begin to see figures afterwards or experiencing uh, scary guests in their bedroom later that same night. <gasps> Others have reported seeing the planchet move on its own or a feeling of cold air coming into the room. Uh, also, there are a lot of haunted dorms because of it. A lot of haunted dorm stories. I would 100% believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, many have experienced <laughs> many have experienced items being thrown across the room during a session. One story that stood out was about a man named Owen. When he was a child, he was playing with the board, uh, and his estranged grandfather had died before he was born, and he never saw a photo or heard much of him because his dad didn't talk to him. And one day, Owen began seeing and talking to a man named Michael, which he had no clue was his grandfather's name, as they had not spoken of him. Finally, his parents sat him down and showed him a photo of his grandfather and asked him if he knew who he was. He immediately answered that it was Michael and he was there with them. Eee. Yeah. So that is uh, my tale of uh, of the Ouija board. That's okay, spooky. They're creepy. I don't know I've how I feel about I've never played with them. one. I've never played with one. I did as a kid all the time. <laughs> and now I'm like, you why? Catholic. I just played with the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> So that's about it. Um, but we wanted to ask producer Patty, do you have any spooky tales? Spooky tales. So you asked me to do a personal one. Yes. And yeah, I I have two. I have a shorter one or one about my new house. Do you have Theater a preference? Choice. Yeah, dealer's choice. Theater one or a uh, house one. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so when I was younger, I was in the production of Peter Pan. Ah, oh, love that for you. I um, was did not plan that. I was also a lost boy because I looked like a lost boy. That's not a joke if you see the photos. Um, but for Instagram. <laughs> we can. We'll bring. Yes. We'll, we'll pull it out. It's gonna. It's time the people know. It's um, time the people it's know. It's time the people know. It was a rough haircut. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um. But we were in the dressing room during one of the performances, and we it, there were just a couple of us in there, and one of the light bulbs just shot across the room and shattered. And we thought, you know, maybe, you know, electrical stuff. We didn't understand it. But we're like, that's got to be it, right? You know, and we were kids. But then it happened again across the room. Shit. And that wasn't the only thing that happened. So then there was this word that there were ghosts back there, and we were pretty creeped out, but we're like, ah... You can explain away. Also, as we know, the theater is kind of a mystical and creepy place. Yeah. We've talked about this place perhaps being haunted. I think it's got a oh, deep history, sure. which definitely should be covered at some point. Um, but during the last performance, um, Peter and Wendy and the kids had gotten back into their room on stage. And one of the beams in the ceiling crashed to the ground. Huge, what the shit? Huge beams, and it nearly took out the lead, Peter Pan. <gasps> oh my gosh. Right down on the stage, missed all the people. That's like out of a movie. Yeah, and he said, uh-oh, you're going to get in trouble. And he just rolled with it, and the show went on, but he almost died. It was crazy. <laughs> so you tell me if you think that that place was haunted. I oh, do. for sure. You know? Oh, yeah. 
yeah. that's it. That's my Honda story. So it wasn't even like that Shakespeare play you weren't supposed to say. No, it, it was, was Peter a, Pan. That's wholesome. Yeah, it was I wholesome. Think. It was fine. But yeah, that's it. Well, I got. Good. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you. Yes. Um, really quick. I also, since you're the guest, I want you to get a fortune. I don't know if, has anybody ever used these fortune fish? I had never heard of them until just I have Bowen. one for anybody who wants one. So it's a little fish in that pocket. Take it out. It's a plastic fish. Yeah. And you put it on your palm and whatever it does this. tells your fortune. So we're going to find out what her fortune is. She could be jealous and different in love, fickle, false. Yep. You put it in your palm. So we're going to see what happens. Ooh, it's that's moving. Some, what do we think? Tail movement? That's tail movement. That's a tail movement if I ever saw Ooh, one. Oh, it rolled. So, oh, did it roll over? It's on a roll. Oh, okay. So wait, wait. Curls up entirely. Passionate. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how that's a fortune, but passionate. Watch we'll roll up for everybody. <laughs> no, it is We've different. got a passionate audience. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right. If anybody I, runs into me, ask for one. I've got a plenty. A stacks. <laughs> stacks on stacks of fish. When you buy stuff on Amazon, more comes than you expect. I thought <laughs> when you said this, you meant like the fortune was on here and it would print itself. And I'm like, that's kind of like a fortune cookie. But that's cool. No, no. It's yeah. all about it's all Girls. about you. Um, so. Oh, no. That's not. Are you a murderer? I am a murderer. <laughs> I brought, you know, you bring them home from the fair and you walk away for a minute to put them in the big tank and you're traumatized forever. He was probably oh. mostly dead anyway. Yeah. Fair fish are, they're never new fish. It's probably why it's probably karmic for what happened later, you know, with Peter and everything. Yeah. <laughs> you killed that so. fish. That fish took your lead out. Uh, <laughs> so. Almost. We usually like to end our episodes with two truths and a lie, but what we're going to do today, it's technically six, tr no, four truths. I can do math. Four, four truths, truths and two, two lies. lies. For Patty. Yep. So. You have to guess. We're going to say things about ourselves. You have to do yours first. You go ahead. Okay. I, mean, I wrote truth. them down because <laughs> I can't remember facts about myself. Okay. Hello. Mine are all uh, uh, about childhood me. Um, as a child, I used to recite with dancing The Little Mermaid with my neighbor almost nightly for about a year. As a child, I used to love to eat green peppers like an apple straight from the garden. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I liked it. Uh, and as a child, I called myself Sasha instead of Jessica. Ooh, do I have to pick right now? I'm going to say, oh, do you want me to say mine or I say you, no, what no, you, I think yours? I think it's the pepper one. Because you added a little uh, sound effect. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I hate green peppers. Always have. Sasha just sounded too weird. Like, I feel like you were ahead of that before. I think it's because I couldn't say my S's, but nobody's ever confirmed that. Sheshka. Sheshka. But Sasha has... Sheshka, They're soft ones, yeah. 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 It became like an honorary middle name of mine for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, you're up. Okay, so I'm going to say three costumes and you guess, guess which one I've never dressed up as. <laughs> yes. Okay. So in third grade, I was Frankenstein. For all of middle school, I was a bottle of mustard. <laughs> and in high school, I was the pink Power Ranger. Mm. 
I'm going to say, I'm going to say Pink Power Ranger. You are very correct. I've never seen an episode of the Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, you're good. Okay. She does this so well. Yeah, uh, I usually fail. I'm pretty bad at two truths and a lie. I'm very gullible. Anything, but oh, do you want to do one? Do you want to do one on the fly? We weren't going to put you on the spot, but we will. Oh well, I could have gotten out of this. Day. Yeah, you could have, but um, hmm. Let's see here. <laughs> I do. Okay. Um. So when I was younger, I wanted to be a paleontologist. Hey, Ross. <laughs> a mime. Okay. Anesthesiologist. I'm going to say anesthesiologist because no child knows that word. I, I'm just going to, that's hard. I'm, you know what? Just to be different. I'm going to say mime only because the other two seem more similar. Guess is right. Woo! I got right. one. <laughs> Uh, but that about probably wraps us up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, make sure you check out other podcasts on the Planet and Podcast Network. And then also... At Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter and Detroit Strange on Facebook. And, and again, our email address is DetroitStrange at gmail.com. And until next time, stay, stay strange, strange, Detroit. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sax and Violence. 